close your eyes for a moment. I want you to picture Jesus. Do you have a picture of him? Some of us struggle with this. Some of us literally have brains. We're, we're, we're wired that we can't picture things as easily as others do, but just humor me for a moment. What is your picture of Jesus? Some 40, 50 years after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, one of his closest friends while he was here on earth, a guy named John, is given a revelation of Jesus. And it's probably not like the picture that you just had in your mind of who Jesus is. John says this in Revelation chapter 1. He says, And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. So far, probably so good. Probably so far this fits your picture. But then he says, His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire, and his feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves, and he held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. Like, I don't know what picture you have of Jesus. I don't know what picture you have of God. But can I just encourage you this morning that it's so much, He is so much greater than the picture that you have in your mind. So much greater than what we could manufacture, the box that we sometimes put Him in. You may be seated. Wednesday, we we have a prayer meeting every Wednesday in this room from 11 to noon. And one of the words that that was given at this prayer meeting was regarding the fear of the Lord. And that that word has just echoed and resonated in my mind. You know, if you've been around Journey, you've heard me say, I'm not going to say anything that you haven't heard before if you've been around Journey. If you haven't been around Journey... Or even if you've heard it before, I'm praying that this just pierces through today. But you know, the most repeated commandment in Scripture is, do not fear. Fear not, right? Don't be afraid. The second most repeated commandment in Scripture is, fear the Lord. (laughs) So so if you're looking at Scripture, you're going, which one is it? Is it, do not fear, or is it, fear the Lord? Like, I don't get this. It's both and. So so the best passage to help us understand this is in Mark chapter 4. We have this passage that begins with verse 35, and Jesus has his disciples crossing a lake. I won't get into all the specifics of it because we still have a sermon to preach. (laughs) But these these guys, he's been preaching all day, so he falls asleep in the back of the boat. He's laying on a cushion, slobbers coming out of his mouth. It's a, a great scene. And, the, and the Mark says that out of nowhere comes, and in the Greek, or, or in the Latin, it's this uh, word megaseismos. I don't even know what a megaseismos is, but I don't want to be anywhere near one, right? And this megaseismos, this, this storm, that wasn't just a storm, it wasn't an ordinary storm, comes out of nowhere. And these men, these fishermen who had spent more of their lives in boats 
on the sea than they had on dry land, these fishermen start wigging out. Like they seriously think they're going to die. The storm is so bad. And so they wake up Jesus. And in the, the King James Version, it says, Matters it not to thee that we perish? But Jesus, we're about to go down. And you don't even care. You're asleep. Like you don't even realize what's going on in my... You don't realize what's going on, Jesus. Come on, don't you care? And Jesus gets up. And if you look in a red letter edition of your Bible, there's very little that Jesus says here. Jesus gets up, rubs the sleep out of his eyes, looks at the storm, and says, peace, be still. <laughs> and the whole thing stops. Like the miracle isn't that the storm stops. Every storm eventually will cease. The miracle is that at his word, at his voice, the whole entire thing just like, like it's like, like a Hollywood movie, like it just... And now it's still again. And the disciples are freaking out, okay? In fact, verse 41, we'll put this up here on the screen. This is from the literal Greek. The literal Greek says, And now they feared a great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? Like, I look, to me, this verse helps us to understand the dichotomy of do not fear and fear the Lord right? Like, which one is it? It's both. Do not fear the storm around you, but you better understand that the one who can speak to storms, he is the one that you should be fearing. And by fearing, I don't mean a fright. I mean like, wow, you're so much greater than what I even imagined. So we like to compartmentalize things in our lives, especially the men in this room. Women, you don't understand how guys are able to do this, but we, we surely are able to do this. Women, your brains are like spaghetti and it just goes from one box into the next and everything overlaps and everything's connected. For men, our, we're, we're wired that we just compart, like we, we have all these different boxes and things don't need to go from one box into the other box. That's why we're able to sleep so good at night. <laughs> right? But here's the problem with this, is we put God in a box and he doesn't connect to the other boxes. And we need to have, this is, I don't, I don't mean we, I mean I, like I'm constantly praying, God, help me to see you more and more as you actually are. Like I, help me to fear you, God. I wanna, I wanna see you in ways that I've never seen you before. I want to hear you in ways that I've never heard you before. God, give me an expansive view. Be magnified. Be magnified. What, what is magnified? It doesn't mean that God becomes bigger. He's already great. He's already as big as he can possibly be. He's immutable. He, he doesn't change. What it means is, God, help me to see you more and more as you actually are. So this morning, I just feel led all week long. There was a whole other sermon I was going to preach this morning, but all week long, I've just have had this sense they were supposed to do something different. Turn to the person next to you and say, different. It's going to be a little different. But listen, different is good. So we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going we're gonna to have three different areas of prayer focus this morning. And they're each going to be individual. We're going to talk about an area. We're going to pray about it. Then we're going to go to another area. We're going to pray about that. And then we'll go to the third area. There's just three, just in case you're wondering and looking at your watch. And I'm telling you, God is going to move in this place. It's not a matter of, well, will he? It's a matter, he's, he's going to. He wills to move in this place. 
But here's what he needs from you. Here's what he needs from me. And I've been praying this for myself all morning. He needs you to stay engaged. He needs you to stay. What do you mean by that, Ken? I mean, stay spiritually focused this morning. Don't allow your mind to drift because here's the thing. God has something for every person in this room. If you will stay engaged, if you will stay spiritually focused, God either wants to do something in you or God wants to do something through you. So for every person in this room, either God wants you to receive or he wants you to intercede. Last week, Pastor Brad from Hope Church talked about interceding. This morning, every person gets to get in on this. You're either going to receive or you're going to intercede. And when you walk out of here, you go, whoa, God worked in me or God worked through me, and that's awesome. Okay, but you got to stay focused. You got to you got to stay engaged. And, and listen, middle school students, you stay engaged. God wants to minister to you, or He wants to minister through you. So don't allow this to be a thing of, well, I'll just let the adults do their thing. You're the church too. Grandpa, uncle, aunt. God wants to move in you, or He wants to move through you this morning. So here, here's the first area that I want to talk about is healing. Listen, God is so much bigger than we can imagine, and I want you to know God is our healer. Some of you, you know, uh, some of you guys have heard that Carrie had a surgery uh, a week and a half ago, and, and she's doing great. I just mentioned that because I want to say thank you. So many of you guys have been praying for her. She had a really rough Sunday a week ago, and, and uh, God just gave us some answers, and it was like the storm parting. <laughs> it was just incredible. Around 5.30 in the morning, Monday morning, it was just like, whoa, okay, now we can get to the next place here. So thank you for your prayers for her, but I want you to know God is our healer. In fact, Exodus chapter 15, the children of Israel have been freed from Egyptian slavery and captivity. 400 years they've been slaves. And their, their idea of God is like, they don't, they don't even really have a clear idea of God at this point. And so Moses is leading them, and they've gone through the Red Sea, and this is a part in Exodus, if you're, if you're used to the Bible, maybe you grew up going to Sunday school, you remember that after the Red Sea, Miriam gets out her tambourine, and they have like this dance party? Like right before that, so it's literally like right after the Red Sea, before Miriam's dance party, like God impresses upon Moses to, to introduce God to the people of Israel, and the way that God introduces himself to the people of Israel is, he says this, in Isaiah 15, verse 26, he says, I am the Lord who heals you. This is, this is how, he, he could have said so many different things about himself, but this is how he introduces himself. I'm your healer. Because several hundred years later, David is writing a, a song about God, and he's, I mean, he's just in the, I mean, the spirit is moving upon him. And you see this in Psalm 103, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says this, and forget not all his benefits. And David starts listing like all the benefits of the Lord. The first one is, who forgives your iniquity? Aren't you so grateful for that? First on the list, God is our forgiver. <laughs> he forgives us all our iniquity. Whew, that's awesome. The second thing on the list that he says, I'm not making this up. You should see this in Psalm 103 for yourself. He says, who heals all your diseases? Like, not, not some, all your diseases. Like, this is, and then he keeps going, you know. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He satisfies you with good. He, he keeps going. But the second thing on this list is, what? 
who heals all of your diseases. Several hundred years later, there's one of the great prophets of Israel, Isaiah, steps onto the scene. And one day God gives him a revelation of the coming Messiah. And he's just, I mean, Isaiah is just blown away at this revelation of this one who's going to come and rescue Israel. And, and if you've been around church world, you've heard this verse as well. In Isaiah 53, he starts speaking regarding this Messiah who will come. He says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Or by his stripes, or by his torn flesh, we are what? We are healed. 700 years later, Jesus comes walking on earth, God, man. And every person who came to him with an infirmity, every person who approached Jesus with something in their body that needed to be fixed, Jesus reached out and healed them. You won't find one instance in the Bible where Jesus said, I can't handle that one. Every person who came to Jesus seeking healing. So then Jesus dies on the cross. He's raised from the grave. He ascends to the Father. And his disciples start doing the same thing. His followers start doing the same thing. Even guys who weren't even part of the 12. They weren't even part of the 12 disciples start doing the same thing. You've got to read this in the book of Acts to see this. I'm just curious this morning. How many of you in this room have experienced healing? I mean, don't, don't just, don't exaggerate. If you haven't, you don't need to raise your hand because the other Christians are raising your hand. Okay, let me, let me ask you. I'm, I'm gonna, this is totally unscripted. We don't know what we're doing here. If you're here and in a sentence or two, you can tell us what God has healed you of. I want you to stand to your feet real quick. We might not even be able to get to everybody. Just stand to your feet real quick. Okay, we're not online, so we don't need to worry. Whew, really? Okay, so I want you just to yell it out, okay? If, if, you, if you don't want to do this, just sit down real quick and you won't have to be a part of this. But if you're willing to yell out what God healed you of, I want you to j just yell it out. Alcoholism. What was it? Knee? Your knee? Okay, I'm trying, okay. A lump in your breast. Back pain. Vision. Carpal tunnel cancer, stomach, insanity, cancer, stroke, that's right, just recently, yeah, alcoholism, cancer, breast cancer, cancer, listen, <laughs> the Lord is our healer, the Lord is our healer. So the Bible says this, I mean, years after Jesus' death and resurrection, his half-brother, who didn't even believe that Jesus was a Christ until after Jesus' resurrection, he writes a letter, and he has a whole section where he talks about healing. And I, I want to, we'll put this up on the screen. He gives us instructions, which I love this because I need instructions. I need to know how this goes down, okay? He says, is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church. These are leaders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And I love this part. Let's say this again. The Lord will raise him up. Who is the healer? The Lord, okay? The elders of a church, the leaders of a church, they're just agents. They're just stepping in. They're doing what God is calling. The oil is all about the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The Lord 
will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. And then it says this, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. If you need healing this morning, and listen, I, I, need, I just felt like God put this in my heart that maybe you've been prayed for a hundred times, a thousand times, and nothing has ever happened. And so what happens is in your brain, you're like, uh, I'll, let the, I'll let the people who, you know, maybe somebody else, they'll get in on this, but I've already had prayer for that, nothing happened, I'm good. I really believe for somebody who's had prayer many times God wants to do something in your life as well. If you need healing, I want you to, to come right up here and, just, and just, uh, just come across right here in the front. Seriously, if you need healing right now, you need healing in your body, you need healing, whatever it is, I'm not going to start trying to come up with. And you're not standing before me. I know it seems like, well, I'm going to the front of the room. I'm standing before Ken. Must be the, I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Anybody else want in on this? Right now, you're, someone in this room is excusing something away. You're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Okay, yeah. I know I complain about it all the time. But if, you, if, you, if there's something going on in your body you've been complaining about, come up. This is for somebody, somebody else in this room. I won't embarrass you, but... I don't know who it is. I'm not going to, like, name you. I just felt impressed by that, that. Okay, here's what I need. I need some, especially some of you who have experienced miracles. You've experienced healing. But leaders of our church, prayer team members, I need, I need others to come. In fact, can you guys take one step forward? I love that we have the space to do this now. Praise you, Jesus. We have the space to, to be able to do this. I need some prayer warriors just to come behind each of these individual guys with guys, ladies with ladies. Re remember what I said earlier. I need you guys to stay engaged, stay focused. If you're sitting in the chairs and going, well, I guess now I can just check my Facebook. I can check, you know, see who's been texting me. No, no, no. I need you to stay engaged. Every person in this room is going to either receive or we're going to intercede. Okay, we're going to receive or we're going to intercede. Now, we have some oil up here, along here, myself, um, Pastor Megan, if you'll help me out, Pastor Aaron, any of our other um, uh, uh, board of stewards, if, you want, if we have enough. Do we have more oil in these? What I would love to do is just go, go along and just start anointing with oil. And uh, we're, what are we doing? We're seeking Jesus right now, okay? He, Jesus is our healer. Pastor Aaron's not our healer. Whoever's anointing you with oil, whoever's behind you praying right now, whatever's going on around you, Jesus is your healer. So let's focus our attention on Jesus. You say, well, what, what do I focus on? Focus on the cross. Focus on Jesus. Focus on him, him dying. Focus on him being beaten. Focus on the nails going through his hands. Focus on Jesus. And then focus on his resurrection as he busts through that wall of death, as he proves his authority and proves his power. Let's focus on Jesus this morning. Jesus is our healer. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus, we look to you. We look to you, Jesus. You are our healer. If you're still sitting in the chairs, think of someone in your life who needs healing. Maybe a coworker, maybe a, a relative, a parent, a child who needs healing in their body. We just begin to intercede for them. Let's just intercede. Let's make this a house of prayer, a, a place of prayer this morning. Oh, we speak your healing in Jesus' name. We speak your healing, oh God. Thank you for your healing. Oh, Jesus. Empower us to pray for our friends. Empower us to intercede. Remind us. Remind us. Quicken our minds to pray for those around us. God, give us boldness tomorrow at work when someone's complaining about something in their body. God, give us the boldness to say, can I pray for you? God, you are our healer. You are our healer. You get the glory. <laughs> you are the healer. So when you heal people, the glory doesn't go to a man. The glory doesn't go to a church. The glory goes to you, Jesus. You get the glory. You get the honor, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. stay in this attitude of prayer because we're going to pray in just a moment for another area. Thank you, Jesus. So in Luke chapter 15, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, I got lots of favorite chapters in the Bible, but Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three stories, three stories right in a row. And in each of the stories, there's a lost object. First story, there's a, a shepherd who loses a sheep. Second story, there's a widow who loses basically a, a, a huge portion of the money that she's going to live on. Third story, it's not an object, it's a person, it's a son who has rejected his dad, who has expressed things uh, that should not be expressed, and he's gone his own way, gone his own direction. Basically, the gist of what he says to his dad is, I wish you were dead. I want your inheritance, and I don't want to wait until you're dead for, your, for the inheritance. In all three stories, there's an all-out search. The lost sheep, the shepherd goes on an all-out search. The, the widow, she turns over all the furniture in her house. She sweeps in every corner and every crevice, looking for this money that she's lost. The third story is a little different. There's a search, but it's from a distance. There's a father who every day is looking at the huge bay window of his home, just looking out, looking down the road, searching for a silhouette of his son, hoping that today would be the day that his son will come home. In all three stories, that lost object is found. The sheep is found. The money is found. The son comes to his senses, comes back to the father, 
And in all three stories, there's a party. The shepherd throws the party when he finds the sheep. The widow invites all of her old lady friends, and they party like it's 1999. They are so excited. The third story, the father says, we are going to have a party like we have not had in this home for a long time. Kill the fatted calf, right? Clothes his son in his own sandals, and his own robe, and puts his own ring on him. I mean, it's incredible. Maybe you know someone who has wandered away from God. We call them in Christian circles, we call these prodigals. Someone who's wandered away from God. Maybe, maybe there's someone in your life that you've been praying for and interceding for who's wandered away from God. I'm going to invite Janetta Friedberg and her parents to come up here, Bob and Terry Christman. Janetta's going to share her story, and uh, these are her parents, Bob and Terry. And do me this favor, just smile at her as she's talking, okay? It's the worst thing in the world when you're trying to share something, and people are like, is that better? Did that help? Okay. I, I kind of already shared this with the youth group last year, so I figure that adults are a lot easier than teenagers. <laughs> um, I have notes because I'm a little bit of a squirrel. Um, so I grew up in a church. I grew up with Christian parents. Um, I had an awesome church. My parents were in life groups, which just, if you're not in one, join one. <laughs> That's my, um, these people were like family to me. They're still important to me, even though some of them are gone. Some of them are still around. Sorry. <sighs> um, so I always grew up in church. I never really felt anything, but I knew that's what I was supposed to do because that's what I had to do. I had to be good. I had to be the good one. Um, so I always went, but I never felt it. So about six weeks before my 21st birthday, my grandpa died. And everyone has that person in their life where, and that was mine. He was the big cuddly teddy bear he loved more than anything. Um, but that was that. And it was coming. I should have expected it. But at that age, it was kind of rock bottom. So um, I kind of went and talked to somebody. And the message I got out of that is that if you don't want to go to church, don't go. But that wasn't really the message. The message was you shouldn't do things because you feel like you have to. You should do things because you feel it. So I stopped going and I walked away. Um, I made my life a lot harder. Um, it wasn't full of like what we call big sin. I didn't go to prison. Not that, but we all know all sin is the same. Um, so I don't know how many years, gosh, like 11 years later, no, 10 years later, I was probably at my rock bottom. Um, the father of my child and I were separated, kind of. We weren't together, but he hit his rock bottom, so he got led to, he came to church, thankfully, because if he hadn't, then I probably wouldn't be here. Um, and he was getting baptized, so I went to support him, and it was still like a really, really rocky period. And I kept going back, and I kept going back. And one of the first services that I remember, I don't know if it was the second service or the third service, but it was actually the prodigal son story, and I finally felt that. Um, it's so easy to walk away 
when we don't feel that inside of us. But I was actually just talking to somebody last night, and she said that's what faith is, though. It's not, you know, it's easy to believe even when we don't see it, even when we don't hear it. But when we don't feel it, it's so easy to walk away. And that's where I was. Um, I came back at that sermon. I kind of felt that fire finally, and then I just kept coming back. Um, I know deep inside of me that I was never alone. My parents always had an army. And like when I look back in like situations that I shouldn't have been in and that I was in, I can see now that God really, really protected me. And I wasn't making the right choices, but he didn't make me go even further. Like he had his wings of protection on the, on me. Um, I know my journey isn't what they always imagined for me. I still make choices that they're like, what are you doing? But I mean, I think that's part of God is that we pray for things and it's not always what we imagine for people and what we want for people, but it's what he has planned for us for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, but here's them for their side of it. I'm sure it was a lot more interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, Janetta had always willingly participated and um, even had a Jewish friend that she continually talked to Jesus about and there was no hesitation about how she felt about the Lord and there was a time in her life like she said that she walked away and um, it was a shock. And the things that I felt was fear and anger, <laughs> anger, and um, I was afraid of losing my hope and my joy. And the biggest thing that the Lord showed me is that I needed to be still and know that he was God because I couldn't change what was going on. And through that, that those years, it didn't all come at once, let me tell you. Um, but through those years, he also showed me that he had his hand on Janetta and that he would protect her and he would guide her. And my other fear is, well, what are people going to think? And I really had to work through that because it didn't matter what they thought. It was what mattered was my daughter and my relationship with the Lord. And um, the Lord taught me through those years that I can't walk in fear because when you walk in fear, you can't hear from God. And when you walk in fear, your, your whole thinking is distorted. And um, he reminded me of the verse that I, um, that I did not give you the spirit of uh, fear, but of love, power, and self-control. And during that time, it was hard to have self-control because my mind was wondering constantly, where, where is she? What is she doing? But I had to give her to the Lord continually. And... Um, the Lord showed me, too, that she was a gift to me, but that he's the one that created her, and he's the one that knew her heart and her thoughts 
and her her road and that I needed just to be still and um, pray and allow her to feel the Lord the way she needed to feel the Lord because she was connected to God through Bob and I's God, not her God. And it was a long road, but we made it, and it increased our faith greatly. So never give up hope and um, fear. You know, as soon as that fear comes, acknowledge it and allow the Lord to overcome that fear, help you overcome that fear so that you can walk in the Spirit. Just to sum up a little bit of what Terry says, there's a saying that says, let go and let God. And that's what we had to do. And letting go doesn't mean that you don't stop praying for him. I mean, I, I still pray for her. If you know Jeanetta, you know, <laughs> I still pray for her. But it's letting go of the hurt, the pain, the fears, Terry said, and laying it at the cross. He died for those. And you might not understand it, but if you're in that position and have a child, a grandchild that has walked away, God loves them more than you do. And his hurt is the same that you're feeling. He had the Israelites in the Old Testament all through it. His chosen people that walked away from him. He knows what you're feeling, but he is in control. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, guys. Can we just thank them for coming and sharing? So I want to I invite you to stand to your feet. And uh, we're going to move closer to each other. So, so what that means is if you're on the far ends, we're all just going to kind of move. If just We're going to move closer, like right now. We're going to move closer to each other. Okay, most likely there is someone now on either your left or your right that you don't know. You know, maybe you have a large family, and so you guys, so keep, keep moving. On this side, you guys move toward this way, if you don't mind. Do you, are you guys, thank you. <laughs> Jason's looking at me cross-eyed right now, like, what are you doing? Here's what we're going to do. I want you to, if you don't know the person next to you, real quick, just say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Okay. Like, use your real name, though. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Someone in your life, potentially, is, is far from God. Pastor Brad talked about this last week. We've talked about this a lot at Journey. So I just want you to share the name, just one person, okay? I know you have a whole list, some of you. Just the name of one person that is far from God, and I want you to share that with, with the person on your side. Now, you may be far from God. You, you might say, it's actually me. And you're, you're welcome to the person on your left and right, just say, it's me. Or maybe, maybe right now your brain is literally frozen because this happens to me all the time, and you go, I don't have a clue of what I'm supposed to say. Your word out of this is just pass. You can just say the word pass. There's no judgment. No one's looking at you like, well, what's wrong with you? You don't know anybody? Okay, so we're gonna and so do this real quick. Person on your left, person on your right. Like, who's one person that you're praying for?
Yeah, everybody's got, so now you should have two names, unless someone said pass. You should have, or if you're on an end, like I also over there, she's only got one name. Everybody, everybody should have at the most two names, unless someone was really social around you and gave you a bunch of names. What we're going to do now is we're going to pray, okay? And I want you to pray for this person out loud by name. Some of you are like, I've never prayed out loud in my life. Well, you know, stretch yourself. You know, this is how we grow is when we do things that we're not used to doing, right? As long as we just keep doing things we're used to doing, we never grow. So here's a growth moment for you. Is we're, and we're all going to do it at the same time, so no one's judging you. There shouldn't be that fear. Well, why is Joel Petrie praying that way, right? Like, none of that, okay? So let's, let's just take the next few moments and let's pray for these individuals in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We lift these names up to you in Jesus' name. I lift up to you, Tim, in Jesus' name. God, we pray that you would unveil his eyes. God, I pray that you would, that you would do in him right now what only you can do, oh God. Father, we pray for revelation knowledge. We pray that you would reveal the truth of Jesus to them. We rebuke and renounce every lie of Satan that would come against them, every deception that would come against them. We tear those things down in Jesus' name. We speak truth. We pray that you would surround them with believers who would have boldness to share the word of Jesus to them. God, we pray for their salvation. We pray that you would draw them to yourself. In Jesus' name, draw them, O oh God. Jesus' name. Draw them, O oh God, by your Spirit. By your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, some of you are like, this is way too close. I don't like this at all. You can go back to your seats. Here's a, here's a hack, too. If you, if you met someone that gave you, your, gave you their name, write it down real quick before you forget it. That's, I've constantly got a list of names, uh, so that way I can remember them. Hey, here's our third area. The third area that we want to pray about this morning is those who are pressed. Just feel pressed. Just feel squeezed. Psalm 94, 19 says, when anxiety was great within me. How many of you in the last uh, couple days have felt anxiety deep within you? Yeah. When anxiety was great within me, deep within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Your encouragement brought joy to my soul. When, when anxiety was great, it was deep within me, your encouragement, O oh God. Psalm 119, verse 143, it says, As pressure and stress bear down me, bear down on me, I find joy in your commands or in your word. Psalm 119 is all about the word of God. Listen to that again. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. Listen to this. So that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. I'm going to ask uh, Kevin Miller to come. He's going to share about being pressed, being squeezed. Oh, we need a mic. Pastor Aaron. Pastor Aaron. 
Awesome. All right, so as many might not know me, my name's Kevin Miller. I'm a physical therapist at Bellevue Hospital, but um, a few years, or probably about a few months ago, I told Pastor Ken about a time in 2012, around this time, where I had a dark day. I, I woke up uh, Wednesday morning, and I fell. Um, I absolutely fell. Could not feel this leg, and uh, I just assumed it was asleep, but after two, an hour or two, it stayed that way, and it was a dark day. Um, called my family doctor, tried to figure out what to do. Uh, he said, come into the office, and um, he gave me some steroids, and uh, and he said, if it's still there in 24 hours, we're going to do testing, and uh, it was still there. It went from numbness to burning to severe pain, and there's just a, a time of tremendous testing, lots of missed work, um, lots of uh, lots of pain, um, and, and it was confusing. And then October, there's another darker day, where um, we started out with that verse in James, where, where you know, if you're, you're sick, you know, you call the elders of the church. And at our church that time, I was realizing this wasn't going to go away. Um, there was no diagnosis. It wasn't a slip disc. It was everything looked good. And um, and so I called the church, and they came. Kristen and I, Kristen was dealing with Graves' disease, and we sat on our piano bench, and the church prayed, <clears throat> and we. You know, we had just hoped that, you know, that show, I Dream a Genie, you know, where the, the lady does that thing, and, and we were just were hoping that we had set it up so perfect for God to, to heal. And um, we were impressed with the church, the, the love and the generosity, but we left with, or they left, and we still had pain, and we still had agony. And, and, um, and then a darker day was in January, and uh, in January... Uh, they approached me about short-term disability, and um, and they said it just wasn't fair for a therapist to have a crutch or have a knee scooter, and and when you're trying to train people to walk, you know, to go out to the waiting room with two crutches, and and uh, and um, so that was a realization because I knew that that leads to long-term disability, and you know your whole life plan start to, you know, I started talking to people that had power wheelchairs and just trying to figure out how this was and you know my leg literally shrunk and you know that I, I won chicken leg award in high school so um you know that if this leg was half the size of this one you know that uh you know that um uh you know it, it needed to be stronger and I would cramp up all the time so so here's the thing Kristen my wife she's over there she said you know maybe this is a gift maybe this this uh, this time this season of, of rest is a gift and she said why don't you why don't you force yourself to worship one hour a day and um i didn't want to i was really mad at god okay really angry because like you know pastor kent pastor kent talked about how sometimes you don't go up to the front because you, it's like the attitude of a teenager like been there done that doesn't work you know and so i decided to to just play the cd that um jesus culture just came out with a new album it was live from New York, and the third song had this, these words that always stuck with me. Strip everything away to all I have is you. Undo the veil to all I see is you. I will pursue you. I will pursue, pursue your presence. That was by Kim Walker Smith, and it became kind of a theme. And as we, I did that, I noticed I could walk to the library, and I wouldn't cramp. The next week I could walk to the school and it wouldn't cramp. And the third week I could walk twice to the school and it wouldn't cramp. And then the fourth week I could walk five minutes on a, on a tra trampoline. 
and it became just a journey. But God was faithful and God was good. And it's just a, just a powerful uh, time of testimony that I just want to just leave with you guys that, that, you know, we have this power within us, this power of resurrection within us. And sometimes it doesn't happen quickly, but sometimes we have to pursue, like we just started this morning, where we focus our eyes on Jesus. Whether it's the, the, the flaming eyes, whether it's the white face, the however you see Jesus. I ordered a picture recently, it's supposed to come this week, where Jesus is reaching through water. Some of you may have seen it, but he's reaching through water. And it's just such a powerful picture. And we need to see Jesus, because once we see him, we can grow, we can have resurrection life. And we can become trees, you know, but not just walnuts. We have to be, in a sense, broken at times as we mature. And I just feel like Journey Church here, where we have so many people that we're, we're feeling the pressure, the press, as God is trying to release his life through us. And I just want to just leave you once again with those words of the song. The song saying, strip everything away till all I have is you. Undo the veil till all I see is you. Thank you, Kevin. So do you feel pressed? Feel squeezed? Something's going on in your body, in your life, in a relationship. You pray, just like Kevin. You have people come and anoint you and pray and nothing. I love it. I love your honesty where you were like, I, I was mad at God. Sometimes we go through those seasons, just, this isn't fair. This isn't what I signed up for. If you're here this morning, you just feel squeezed, you feel pressed. Maybe it's not the same as Kevin's story. It might be different. Maybe you don't feel mad at God. You're just frustrated. If that's you, I just want you to, to right where you are, I just want you to stand to your feet. Just feel pressed. Feel squeezed. Say, so, well, I already came up for healing earlier, and I'm a little bit mad because nothing happened then. <laughs> else just feel pressed feel squeezed feel pressured feel stress that anxiety anybody else for this one I'm gonna ask this is an all skate okay remember going skate some of you are like no I don't remember I'm not as old as you are I used to go skating at Skate World in Sandusky, and when the DJ would say, hey, we're going to do an all-skate, it meant get your butt onto the floor. Everybody's skating, all right? If you were one of the kids who just stayed out, they would call you out, right? So this is an all-skate. I'm going to ask everyone now to stand. And with our last, just, we're just going to do this in a couple of minutes, but I want you to find one of those people that was standing. You, you know who they were because they're in your orbit. And uh, we're just going to put our hands on their shoulders. Maybe ladies with ladies can put a hand on, on their forehead or guys with guys a, a hand on their forehead. But would you, would you just find one of those people around you that, that stood up a moment ago? This is church, by the way. Church all over the New Testament. Church is called one another. Church is one another. One another is we lift each other up. When you're sad, I come alongside you. When you're happy, I'll rejoice with you. But when you're, when you're sad, when you're grieving, I'm going to grieve with you. When you're sick, I'm going to enter into your sickness. I'm going to enter into what you're going through. And I'm, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be with you. I told you earlier, everyone's going to either receive this morning or everyone's going to intercede. So can we, church, can we just make this a place of interceding so that others might receive? And you say, well, what, what am I praying? 
Just pray the joy of the Lord. Just pray the word of God over them. Just pray for, for the presence and the peace of God, the help of God, the strength of God. So can we, let's just lift our voices in prayer. This is our last prayer emphasis, and then we'll be dismissed this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. bring encouragement to the soul of every person in this room. God, may we find joy in your word. May we not distance ourselves from you in the stress that we feel, but God, may we draw near to you like Kevin, intentionally listening to that worship music, engaging in worship. God, may we draw near to you no matter how we feel, no matter what's going on in our lives, God, that we would draw near to you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your peace, oh God. And even if it's not instant, we're committed to journeying with you. We're committed to walking with you, Jesus. Thank you that you are with us. Your promise is I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are walking with us. You are comforting us and strengthening us. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. Hey, can we just take a moment before we close, Pastor Aaron, if you want to get the mic and get ready to come, can we now just thank God that he's doing these things? We talked about healing. We talked about those who are wayward. We talked about the pressure and stress. Come on, let's just thank him in advance. Even before we feel it, even before we feel it, before we experience it, we thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are our healer. Jesus, you find the wayward. Jesus, you lift us. You lift us when we feel squeezed. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Our deliverer. Our strong tower. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I just Becky, thank you for that encouragement to do that. Throughout this week, as you just feel that Maybe the enemy gets in your head and you go, oh, there was nothing to that. That was just hype. That was just emotion. No, you just continue to thank God even before you see it, even before you feel it. Thank him for what he's doing. You can be seated. Pastor Aaron's going to give us a few instructions and then uh, we'll be dismissed.